At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hell, I suck at dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program. Help, I suck at dating. I'm Jared Haben in studio recording from Burbank, California. Uh, I'm joined via Skype from about, let's say, 3,000 miles away by the I'm beautiful... I'm assuming it's 3,000? Roughly. You're across country. Well, in another country, but in across another the country. way. Uh, the beautiful, the wonderful Vanessa Grimaldi. Vanessa, how are you? Um, I love how you rolled your R's. So that means you can, I can probably teach you French and Italian really well. And you'd blend in really amazingly. That's like my overall theme in life is just to blend in easily. Um, uh, we, we have a great show for you coming up. We have Amanda Stanton, who's going to be in studio. You all know her from her time on The Bachelor. We're very good friends with her. She's talking about her brand new book that just hit bookshelves called Now Accepting Roses, Finding Myself While Searching for the One and Other Lessons I Learned from The Bachelor. I read it over the weekend. I'm very excited to talk to her about that. I have many questions. We also have Patty Stanger from Millionaire Matchmaker, who will be on the line in a little while talking about a new show that she was involved in. Excuse me, not a new show, a new movie uh, starring one of my favorite actresses of all time. I'll talk about that later uh, in the show. But first, we have a very special announcement here on Help, I Suck at Dating. By the way, Dean is not here today. He's still in Egypt, I think, looking at pyramids. And no, he did not drive the van there. Uh, but we have a very important message, uh, announcement, uh, something that we are very excited to talk about on the podcast today. It only comes once a year, and it's the best time of the year. It is Vanessa Grimaldi's birthday. Yay! Happy birthday, Vanessa! Thank you! I thought you were going to talk about the other important thing that we're mentioning today, too, because there's another thing we're celebrating. 
as well. We are, but this takes, your birthday takes precedent. The other thing that Vanessa was talking about is today marks the 100th episode of Help I Suck at Dating, an iHeartRadio podcast. (laughs) Is that the only sounder you have? Pretty much. I got that or this one. And that's not as fun. No, that's not fun. But Dean's all- not here, and Dean Dean hosted the first one. I know. He okay. was solo. So we're going to celebrate when he gets yeah. back, because it really okay. would be ridiculous just for Vanessa and I to celebrate the 100th episode of a podcast that we didn't start. Yeah. Uh, but Vanessa, it's your birthday. I know that I'm not really supposed to talk about women's age, but we're all <laughs> friends here. So how old are you turning? 32. 30, 32. First of all, 32. you're still so young. You don't look a day over 28, and I'm not uh, joking about Darren, that. Darren, I love 20, you. 24. 24. 24? I don't look older than 24? I think 28. You look really? like a woman in her mid to late 20s. I'll go 26. I'm not going any higher than that. Okay. I'll take 26. I mean, listen, I definitely, when my birthday hit this year, I totally forgot it was my birthday today. So it's also the Jewish New Year for anyone that's celebrating uh, Rosh Hashanah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. My boyfriend is Jewish, so we went to the synagogue today, and it was my first time um, at the synagogue. And what the rabbi was saying was resonated so much with me, and it was, I guess, a message that I needed to hear on my birthday. And he basically was saying for the new year to focus on three things. One of the three things is forgiveness, learning how to forgive, forgive yourself, and learning how to not hold grudges. Because life is too short. And it was so funny because I just posted a picture on Instagram um, yesterday saying all the things that I do, that I've done, that I was ashamed of and that I have forgiven myself for in the last year. And things that, you know, like I know I'm not perfect and I don't want to be perfect, but it's things that I've learned and I've grown from. And um, so that resonated with me. And number two was to, and this goes out to Mark and Easton and Tori and Amy, the people that to show humanity. So to, to ask questions to the people who you work with, who are not directly related to your job, who might be working and cleaning in the studio, or who might be doing the things on the back end that aren't getting the recognition that they deserve, show humanity towards those people. So a huge thank you to the producers, Mark, Easton, Amy. The backbone Tori. of this podcast, yeah, really. the backbone. Um, love you guys. And number three was, um, oh crap, I don't remember number three. Well, while you're thinking of number three, let's give a round of applause to the back oh, of the podcast. Nice. Thank Mark, you very much. Danielle, yeah. Amy, that Easton, really nice. everybody Thank who's you. involved. There, you guys really are the hardworking crew of this. And Vanessa, myself, and Dean, just we, we ramble. We talk about nonsense. <laughs> and you guys just make us look better. So we really appreciate but that. But we are richer for knowing you guys because it's really been wonderful getting uh-huh. to know all of the people on these podcasts. It you really know, that's is. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vanessa, why did you think of number three yet? Uh, oh, yes. Number three, and I think this we can all resonate with this, is um, to not get distracted by the noise, not to get to make sure that you stay on your path and not get distracted by the fancier, the shinier things in life um, and to stay loyal to the people that um, have stayed by your side. So that was a big one. So what did you mean by don't let the noise distract you? So especially in the industry that we are in, it's very easy to get distracted or not even just the industry we're in. Instagram nowadays is a huge distraction, right? Mm. Um, I find myself sometimes being really low on comparing myself with other people are doing or they're traveling to, um, assuming how much money they're making um, and all that stuff. And that's just noise. That's such a distraction. And 
we shouldn't get redirected um, towards those things. We should stay focused on the path and the goals that fuel us. And what are, you know, I was having this conversation with um, someone in high school. When you're in high school, you have to decide what's your job going to be for the rest of your life. Right? How do mm-hmm. we? How do you know what you want to be for the rest of your life when you're in high, when you're in high school? You don't. I'm 30. I still don't know what I want to exactly. be for the rest of my life. We're still figuring it out, and so I think it's so important to, at the end of the day, find what you're, what fuels you, and what drives you, and what makes you so hungry in the morning to wake up and like do the things that you love, and what your definition of success is. And for me, my definition of success is having my friends and family around me that love me and that that support me, and doing things to help people that's my level of that's what my level of success is and that's what i want to focus on this year yeah totally i wish i was trying to find the article right now but i was reading something last year about how you shouldn't look at instagram before you go to bed and you actually should look at something it's not it doesn't say that you shouldn't look at your phone but you shouldn't look at social media because apparently it gives you so much anxiety uh because you are always comparing yourself to other people that you see uh whether it be friends or influencers or bloggers that you follow uh, and that you should really watch uh, something far more lighthearted that makes you feel at ease and comfortable before you go to bed and it'll make you sleep better at night. Mm-hmm. I wish I found the article, but I didn't. But like so many people watch Friends, they fall asleep to like my wife and Tanya both fall asleep to Friends every night. It's comforting. It's, yeah, it's, it's just something about turning off your brain and just enjoying yep. it and just happiness. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, I agree, Mark. <laughs> What's your show? Do you have a show that you fall asleep to? I or? like darkness and silence. I don't I don't subscribe to this theory. So We've, you're not in your own head. I'm not in my own head. I have, I'm pretty good at getting out of my own head. I, I can tell when I'm laying there in my own head, and I have techniques just to get out of it. And then I'm. I What's wow. your technique for the listeners? Uh, it's not really, I don't know that it's shareable necessarily. It's certain like, <laughs> I don't know how to put it turn? in. I don't know how to put it into words, actually. I mean, it's, it's breathing and it's, okay. um, it's a certain amount of just kind of visualization of, of anything. Okay. You know what I'll do sometimes? I, I can share this. This is what I'll do sometimes. I'll, if I hear something awful in the news, some horrible story in the news, I will imagine myself as a superhero stopping that from happening. Oh. I know that's weird and childlike. But no. I will imagine that I have the ability to stop that person from getting killed or attacked or robbed or whatever it is. Anything that really affects me, I will imagine myself stopping it from happening, and that helps me drift off to sleep. Oh. Huh. I don't know how to react well. to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great because I'm trying to put myself in that where I'm I mean, watching the news because I, I, I have a hard time watching the local news Yeah, now. sure, yeah. everything, and I understand that we live in a very... Uh, difficult world today, but everything is car crash, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sentencing, um, mm-hmm. murder, uh, a, a drug kid, overdose, a kid trying to get lured into a van or kidnapped or whatever it is. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I get it. We live in a dark world, mm-hmm. and I'm I, I want to be aware of what's happening in my surroundings, but at the same time, it just weighs on you. So that's an interesting technique that I'm actually going to try tonight. I'm going to watch the news, and then I'm going to imagine myself. As a superhero, which I do all the time anyway, and I'm going to imagine myself stopping that crime and see if it helps. Because I'm always looking for techniques to get out of my own head. But I digress. Um, So, Vanessa, you actually said something that I was perked my ears. You said that you did a list of the things that you were ashamed of over the past year. Mm -hmm. I was just reading Mm -hmm. it here. It was very interesting. Did you write this? Yeah. Where did you get the list? It's on her Instagram. Oh. I knew that. It's not that I, uh, you know. This looks, it looks to me like if I had to guess, I would say, oh, she took this from Motivational Speakers website or something like that. This is very well written. All right. So, so obviously you were 
you wanted to share it, so I don't have to ask that question. What are some of the things, Vanessa, what are some of the things that you put on there? Um, so, which is so interesting. So I came up with this concept yesterday. I wanted to start my new year, the year 30 of 32 on a clean slate. And I wanted to not go into year 32 with having anxiety over certain things that have happened in the last year or throughout the years, um, that could creep up and make me kind of feel derailed in my thoughts and in my purpose. And so, I mean, there's nothing really specific. I think it's just, you know, at times I could feel down. Um, and sometimes I feel like maybe I can't share and I'm going to start crying. No. Well, um, take a breath if you want. You don't, we don't have to talk about this if you don't want to. No, no, it's fine. Um, and it's all good things. I think sometimes, um, there's this level of pressure that we put on ourselves where if we don't achieve certain things or if we put a timeline on certain things and we don't get there. How about I read some of this? Because, yeah, please. Um, she wrote, last day as a 31-year-old and reflecting on life this past year and years leading up to this. I've realized a lot. I know I'm not perfect and I don't strive to be but I want to keep being a better person. I forgive myself for allowing my insecurities to get the best of me and for comparing myself to others. Boy, we've all done that. Mm -hmm. I forgive myself for allowing my jealousy to cloud my judgment at times. I forgive myself for doubting who I am, my purpose, and my worth. I forgive myself for not being compassionate with myself when I was feeling down. I forgive myself for being selfish at times and not prioritizing friends and family. I forgive myself. I'm not perfect. I don't strive to be, but I want to keep growing into becoming a better person with age, a person with more compassion, more love, more forgiveness, more empathy, more understanding. Thank you, year 31. 32, I'm ready for you. Oh, that's so sweet. Really well written. Very well written. Very Aww, well spoken, thank Vanessa. You. Um, yeah. I also want to defend myself. I saw that. I when you said a list, I thought it was going to be a specific list oh. of like, I'm ashamed of this. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So that's why I was like, oh, okay. And no, the I, best part. I give a general. I give a general. And then the best part is at the end, Top and Scarf by Hudson Bay. So there yeah. you go. I I it's, it's all in there. I thought it was going to be a list like on June 30th. I, I, I didn't help an old lady across the street. I'm ashamed of myself. Ah, that's hilarious. That's so funny. So, um, uh, I keep talking about the Jewish faith just because I learned so much about it yesterday. And because I put this post up yesterday, um, we also had uh, Rosh Hashanah dinner at my boyfriend's house. And his mother was explaining to me what the new year symbolizes. And for them, they have like an apple and a piece of bread with honey on it to have a sweet new year and to start off the new year sweet. Um, and they also have between the, the between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, they have a week where People that they have to make or they want to make amends to, that's their time to make amends to those people, apologize for certain things you may have done or said. Or if you think you may have hurt them, that's your week to make your amends and to start your, your year on a fresh start, on a fresh note. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of like what I did with myself yesterday. I, I made amends with myself yesterday so I can feel like it can start fresh and, you know, I just had this feeling when I was thinking of what do I want in my, my year 32? What do I want? And for me, I don't want the money. I don't want the fame. I, I, you know, there's a lot of darkness that can come with all that stuff. I just want to have purpose again and, f and feel refueled in 
my being and, and why I'm why I'm on earth. So that's what I want to focus on for year 32. Well, I and mean, I don't want to get emotional. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> please. Uh, I would have got I got a little emotional reading it, too. It's not even my post or my birthday. Um, but I, I think, Vanessa, you're an incredible person who I understand why you feel like you would want a fresh start, but you really don't. Because even in your year 31 on this earth, you've done so many incredible things and you're always sweet and kind and generous and you always bring a positive attitude to this podcast that you you I, you don't need a fresh start. I, 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 I totally understand where you're coming from and I love your attitude towards it. But as a friend, I just want you to know that it's it's it, there's nothing that you ever need to be quote ashamed of. We're all vain and selfish at times, and I I, I can count numerous times uh, throughout the past hour uh, <laughs> how many times I've been selfish. Um, and you are one of the most kind people I've ever met, Vanessa. So happy birthday Aww. to you! Thank you, Jared. Thank um, you. And I hope it's a great one. So you have dinner? Do you have uh, you have any more plans? So you have dinner at your boyfriend's. Um, parents' house last night, and yep. then and tonight I will be spending time with my family. Um, yeah. What are you guys going out to eat? You eating in your? You, I feel no. like you guys are cooking. Well, so my mom is like, "Well, I want to get you a cake," and I'm so simple. I'm like, I don't know if you guys have this brand in the states, McCain. It's uh, basically frozen cake that you can buy at the grocery store. It's my favorite. It's like $5. And she's like, oh, Vanessa, I'm not going to get you a McCain cake. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's literally all I want. It's like it tastes like a McDonald's cake when you were a kid and you had birthday parties at McDonald's, Ronald McDonald thing. It's I, so, I never remember no, McDonald's doesn't ring a bell with cake. Me either. I don't remember Hold McDonald's on, what is this cake? McDonald's cake you speak of? <gasps> You've never had a McDonald's cake? No, I've had a McFlurry oh. in my time. <laughs> okay, Jared, when's your birthday? November. Uh, oh, perfect. 15th. I will up. get you a McDonald's cake for your birthday. No. Splurging on well, yes. actually, yes. Please, what are you going to send it from Canada? I'm confused. I, I can I can go to the local McDonald's and get it. I will, because, uh, how about this? On my birthday, the week of the podcast, I'll bring in a McDonald's cake if this thing does exist. I've never heard of a McDonald's cake. Maybe we that's a Canadian maybe. thing, too. Oh, wow. We have something in Canada the States doesn't have? Well, we don't have McCain I'm cakes. Shocked. I looked them up here. They look great, deep and delicious, but I've never seen these before. So cakes and <laughs> universal health care, the two things that Canada <laughs> has the States don't have. Um, I, I do have a question. Uh, oh, hello. This is sorry. Tori, ladies and gentlemen, hey, join the podcast over here. Hi, happy birthday, V. Thank you. Um, well, I want to know, I feel like the Grimaldis have a good birthday tradition. Like, what do you, what do you guys do? So my sister's born on, my brother's born September 7th. My sister's born September 8th. I'm born September 30th. So we usually celebrate all of our birthdays. Like I kind of celebrated with them for their birthday and they're going to be celebrating with me. But we always get together with my grandparents on Sunday. And for me, that's the most sacred time of the week. Um, so we're, we just all, all 14 of us are going to get together on Sunday, this Sunday coming up. And we're going to have my grandmother's famous homemade cake. Cake. What flavor cake is this? Yeah. Oh, it's like six layers of chocolate cake. And in between, she puts this like cream. Uh, it's a mousse, but it has cho- it has chocolate and coffee flavor in it. That sounds delicious. My two it's favorite so flavors. Oh, it is so good. And that's the only thing I asked for. I'm like, don't buy me presents. Just get me that cake. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, we also learned that your parents really like to get frisky around the holidays. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. All right. Okay. Mark doing some quick math over there. <laughs> I think there's a high number of people who are born in September because of that. I think it is the most populous month for birthdays. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's the holidays. You're feeling some love. <laughs> you're staying inside. You're cozy by the fireplace. Here it is. September 9th is the most common birthday in America. And September is wow. the busiest month for births overall. I'm telling you, it's Christmas and New Year's. And Jared's is going to be January because that's Super Bowl. February? You'll have a Super Bowl baby. Nine and a half months. Yeah, you'll for sure be having a Super Bowl baby. To February, and that's when my kid will be born. (laughs) And that's it's so crazy because I messaged Jared and Ashley. I had a dream that you guys had a baby and named her Marie, but it was you had three. I I remember it was like three names. The first name was Marie, and then you gave two other uh, two other middle names, and then was your last name. Yeah, Marie Tom Brady Haven. (laughs) That'll be the proper name, right there. Um. That will definitely be the name of my kid, as long as Ashley approves. But we have uh, a very special guest coming up next. But before we get there, we're going to take a little break. Hiring can be a challenge. And I know this because right now I'm looking to expand my team for my nonprofit. And as Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered, she needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wasn't going to be easy to find someone to grow her team. And that's why... She went to ZipRecruiter.com. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. They find them for you. Yes, they do. It's technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Now, Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter, and she said she was so impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She's recommending it to everybody. So she also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. And that's how Gretchen found a new game artist, get this, in less than two weeks. Two weeks. Good Lord. That's fast. That's really quick. I mean, that's really quick. <laughs> trying to like think I of something said. I do faster than in two weeks. I can't. I take longer vacations. I don't know. <laughs> Well, with results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash date. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-T-E. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash date. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. On the line right now, we have the executive producer of the brand new Hallmark movie, Matchmaker Mysteries, A Killer Engagement, which is premiering this Sunday, October 6th on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, Patty Stanger. Patty, thank you so much. Patty, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. You're on the line with myself and Vanessa, and we are very excited about your brand new movie that you have a character based about you. Yes. I do. Well, kind of like me. I'd say it's a little more Hallmark matchmaker rather than Bravo matchmaker. Okay, that's fair enough. I saw the trailer for it, and so Danica McKellar plays uh, a character, uh, Annie Dove, who is pretty much... Angie Dove. Angie Angie Dove. Dove. Um, I can't read. It's right in front of me. I'm a a terrible reader. (laughs) And and so she plays a character that's a matchmaker, um, but also pretty much solving a murder mystery, it appears. Right. Uh-huh. And, and that character is based on you. So did you sit down with Danica and be like, hey, listen, Danica, this is what you should be doing. This is how you should act. This is what matchmaking is all about. Well, I mean, I don't think you tell Danica what to do in the acting department. I think she pretty much got that wrapped up. But I, she, we did spend a lot of time together, and I was helping the writer write the script, and it was my idea with my executive producer, Lance Robbins. And when we pitched it to Hallmark, 
um, Michelle, who's vice president of Hallmark, she basically said Danica wants to do a mystery wheel, and it was like a it was like a no brainer at that point because it was like, oh my god, I could totally see her doing this, and she's really scientific in a lot of ways. If you know that she wrote a math book, she's kind of a nerdy, sexy scientist, and that's kind of like what matchmakers are. We notice things that nobody notices, the subtle nuances, the body language, the things that the cops wouldn't generally pick up on. We kind of know. And that's why when she teams up with Victor Webster and he's the cop on the beat trying to figure out the murder and she's like, yeah, I don't see it that way. They they become the perfect team. And then again, Bruce Boxleitner as the father is like the perfect, you know, like he's like the wisdom, you know, of all this that's going on. Totally. And we know Danica yeah. from her time on The Wonder Years, but I also know her very well from her time on Impractical Jokers, if you've ever seen that but, show. Yes. Big fan exactly. over here, um, and she's great. So I'm very excited to see her in this role as Angie Dove. And so, Patty, what what inspired this idea? You know, kind of combining matchmaking <laughs> with solving mysteries. Well, it started out first where I, I had a flu about two years ago, and I was stuck in bed, and I found the Hallmark Channel, and I'd always been a fan of, like, you know, the commercials, you know, with the cards and all that stuff, but I didn't realize there was this whole nonstop movie, you know, channel that like kind of sucks you into Christmas crack. So I basically went into Christmas crack and then I was like, Christmas is over and I kept going and then there's New Year's and there's Valentine's Day. And I was like, oh my God, this is like a house of love. And then I switched over to the mysteries channel and I got really hooked on that. And then I came up with like, what if there was a matchmaker that solved a crime? That's basically what happened. That's but fantastic. I fell in love with all the channels, yeah. I mean, even the drama channel now I'm falling in love with. So it's kind of like, you know, I saw other um, icons from other various uh, famous television shows becoming these amazing, you know, people on Hallmark. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a perfect Danica fit. You know, her 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 uh, viewers are there and everything. And she's she's done a lot of movies in Christmas time, and she's going about to do the Dolly movie. And there's a lot of good stuff with her. So, and we get along really well. Oh, we're that's really nice to hear. We gave friends through the process. Yeah. Yeah, she mm-hmm. looks like a fantastic fit. I'm I'm very excited about it. Now, Patty, my question is: Have you ever solved a crime? I have, but it's not for home. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a little. That's more of a Bravo crime. It's a Bravo crime. It wasn't necessarily a murder, but I did solve who did what to whom. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I did solve, like, somebody somebody had uh, stolen something, and I figured it out. Did your matchmaking skills, like, did that come in handy? Well, I mean, this person had too many people in their house all the time, and then I figured out who the person was that stole. And sure enough, they found the goods, as we'll say, the jewelry in this person's car. So I did kind of snuff it out. Good for you. Damn, that's awesome. You're a badass, Patty. Robbery, robbery. I will give you that, yeah. Um, But we do have some uh, reader emails that I would love to read to you on air because you are a professional matchmaker and you know a lot more about dating than myself, I can tell you that. Uh, Would you mind answering some of these? Sure, go on. Perfect. So this one is from Diana and the subject line is, I don't know what we are. She says, I've been talking, dating this guy for almost five months now, and I'm not entirely sure as to what it is that we are. We don't live in the same state, so this is like a long distance sort of thing, but we talk almost every day and even FaceTime once or twice a day as well. We're about a seven hour drive away from each other, and recently he actually drove out to see me, even though we could only spend one day together. So he drove seven hours just to spend one day with her. There are a couple things that he does throw me off though there are a couple things that he does that throw me off 
like liking other girls' pictures on Instagram, and he'll sometimes take forever to reply, even though I know he's not busy. But then I'll start to feel guilty about getting mad since we haven't had that discussion just yet. I've brought up uh, the whole are what are we are we or what are we not talk. Um, but my question is, are or should I bring it up? Should I bring it up more? Do I need to talk to him? I don't really know what to do. How can I get some clarity on this situation? All right, first of all, we need to know what age this person is. Do you have the age on that? No, no there's no age. Okay, that's an important key ingredient. If you're in your 40s and you're doing this, you're children. But if you're in your 20s and doing this, of course he's going to like kids, women on Instagram. Um, second thing is, if he, it's all about the actions. So far, he's showing actions. So don't think about all the other stuff. Think about the positive stuff, that he drove seven hours for one day, that you're talking every day on the phone. It's at that point, at five months, especially if you're sleeping together, that you need to declare what you are and say, look, I would assume you'd be exclusive because, you know me, I don't believe in having sex without monogamy. So I do believe you have to have the exclusivity conversation and then talk about where this is going to go because you're going to get tired of that long-distance shuffle. It's going to get old really fast if you don't have a direction of where that train is headed to. Our next email is from an overwhelmed newbie dater. She says, or he, or no, no, she, I'm a 24-year-old female who's never really dated. I actually only just had my first kiss a couple of weeks ago, and it completely freaked me out. The lack of dating hasn't really bothered me because I've been super busy with school, two master degrees down, congratulations, girl, and I haven't lived in the same place for more than 10 months in the last three years. However, now that I'm thinking about diving in, I'm finding the whole idea incredibly overwhelming. I'm particularly terrified of online dating, but that seems to be how everything's done these days. I'm the kind of person who needs a foundation of friendship before I catch feelings for a guy, and I have a hard time uh, getting past a first date with a guy I've just met because it just feels too intense. How do I stop overthinking this dating thing? Am I just putting way too much pressure on a first date, or maybe should I just give up on online dating? Help. Okay, so I'm an online dating too, so I know how overwhelming it can be. Second of all, you can't put so much attachment to a first date, let alone an online first date. So throw that away. Second thing is, why is everything in online dating? You have 100% of a search and 20% should only be online. You should be going to meetups. You should be going to friends' events, charity events. Like moving, moving around your neighborhood or getting out of your own neighborhood going to the next town over, like this whole business that is, that is at your computer says is so lazy and you're getting disappointed in it. It may not be for you. I wouldn't give up on it, but I wouldn't put my whole search in that. And this final email is from Anonymous, which our favorite emails come from because they're usually the juiciest. And it says, subject line, two and a half years of friends with benefits. A while back, I had just moved to a new place and soon thereafter met someone on Tinder. We hit it off, but I had just gotten out of a bad relationship and told him anything more than hanging out and hooking up wasn't going to happen. Over the past two and a half years, we've maintained a close friendship. And although both of us have dated other people on and off, we've always ended up getting together once we were single again. This past summer, I moved back home. I decided to take the plunge and had him come over for a full day night while I was house sitting. I showed him around my hometown. We went to the beach and out to dinner. It was all so natural and fun. I realized how well we know each other and that I could see myself having a future with him. The problem is that I don't think I'm ready to be in a relationship. I just finished school and I'm essentially still trying to figure out who I am and what I want in my life. Do I pursue the relationship so that I don't lose him or stick to my gut and put my feelings away so that I can focus on myself? Okay, I don't understand why you can't have both. 
Why can't you declare, are we in an exclusive relationship? And if we're not, next. Why does it have to be all, you know, end-all, be-all? Like, first of all, if you want a relationship, you have to speak up and say, I'm not going past this point unless we're an exclusive monogamous committed relationship, and I'm not going to twist your arm. Either you feel the same way or we're done. Okay, but you don't have to, like, go off and lick your wounds and try to find yourself like he pray love. You can have another guy. He just might not be the guy. He might be the transition guy to the next guy. So stupid. We all make these decisions so rashly. There's no rash decisions. It's just a learning curve. That's all it is. And you have the right to state what you want based on how much you like that person. If you don't like the person and you're just using them for sex, it's time to move on. I agree with you. I, I think the two are not mutually exclusive. Patty, you are truly the best. Thank you so much for calling in today. Um, thank we, you so much. No, thank you. We really need you back in studio because you are a personality that I just love being around. So will you come back in studio sometime? Absolutely. Love to. Love to. Love to. All right. Thank good. You. No, Patty, thank you for joining us. And once again, everybody, okay. check out the new Hallmark movie uh, premiering this Sunday, October 6th. It is called Matchmaker Mysteries, a killer engagement. And Patty is the executive producer on it. Very excited. Patty, you have a wonderful day. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight, and honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected, and another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives, and not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives, and and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So, I I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. 
Every time we purchase from a Black-led brand, we make room for another Black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing Black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies. The list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing Black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. Uh, we have a very special guest on the line yet again. All our guests are very special, but this one is extremely special because she's a dear friend of the podcast. She has a new book out called Dow Accepting Roses, Finding Myself While Searching for the One and Other Lessons I Learned from The Bachelor. Amanda Stanton, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Amanda, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We are doing pretty well. You're on the line with Vanessa and myself right now. Dean Hi, Amanda. is driving the van somewhere. Hi. Okay, perfect. Um, first, well, we really wanted to talk about your book, Now Accepting Roses. Uh, congratulations, first of all, is in order. Thank you. You're very welcome. I read it over the weekend. It's a great read. You have so much stuff going on right now. You have your um, clothing line, Lonnie the Label. You have this book coming out. I just look at you and I'm like, how does she do it with two kids and then all these amazing career paths that you're on? It's truly incredible. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been a really busy year for me, but it's been fun. Um, so as I was reading the book yesterday, uh, first open it, and it says, Praise for Now Accepting Roses. And I see some familiar names. One, <laughs> who's a, a co-host of this podcast, who is not here, a Mr. Dean Unglert. Uh, so I'd like, to, I'd like to read what Dean had to say about Amanda and this book. Quote, a lot of people have seen me and many of us in Bachelor Nation make mistakes when it comes to dating and finding love. So reading Amanda's book and knowing that she braved through certain storms and takes accountability for mistakes is definitely inspiring. I can see why Amanda and I became and stayed good friends. She's honest, forgiving, funny and genuine. And I'm proud to support her through and through. End quote. It was really nice. Aww. Thanks, Dean. I know. He was, he was really <laughs> sweet. Uh, but I was yeah. uh, not going to lie. I really wish that it was a, a collaborative quote from Help I Suck at Dating. But yeah, I just wanted to talk about the book a little bit. I really enjoyed reading it. For me, I don't want to describe it, um, obviously, because you are the author of it. But when I was reading it, it felt like a, a combination of your dating life experiences, both on and off show, and uh, with... A mommy blogger uh, stamp on it is—is is that inaccurate, or would you kind of say that's along the lines? Yeah, I would say something like that. So, when I first decided to write it, um, I obviously just wanted to write a book, kind of about my experiences and dating as a single mom. But then, obviously, The Bachelor has been a huge part of my life the past few years, so. Um, it kind of ended up turning into a little bit of a bachelor book, and then also kind of a self-help book. Yeah, I think a lot of people who, you know, follow all of our lives uh, don't realize how big of an impact The Bachelor really has on our lives because a lot of people will criticize us saying we only talk or post about Bachelor things. And I think they fail to realize that it was really a very 
uh, a huge, huge part of everybody's lives that were involved in it. Um, yeah, totally. And that's not just the book, though, because your your entire you know you don't even start talking about Bachelor really until like the third or fourth chapter, because um, you start yeah. off talking about your your marriage uh, with your ex husband Nick. Uh, and I like how you have like a little uh, bad boy red flags. Um, <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Like you have like a list of of red flags yeah. that say this guy's a bad boy. And Easton just walked in and he he's got a Speaking few of, of these red flags, bad yeah. boys <laughs> going on over here. Um, first one we've talked about on the podcast before. It says he's secretive. Does he cover his phone from when he's texting? Keep his inbox out of sight. If he's hiding, chances are he has something to hide. And we talked about that too, about possibly bringing your phone into the bathroom, um, Mm -hmm. to try to hide that. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of ways you can hide things, but I feel like I just think it's a red flag. I think if you're going to have a good relationship with someone, you should be pretty open and not have to hide things. Totally. So, Amanda, you get into um, your relationship talks with people form on that were on The Bachelor, your ex-husband. At any point, did you feel, because I'm like, oh, my God, I've dated people. And did you ever feel like, oh, should I not share this information? Should I share this information? Or if I share this information, I know it can help out other women that are might be going through the same thing. Like, what, were, what was your thought process with that part of the book? Yeah, I mean, there was obviously a lot of things that I didn't share just because I felt like I didn't need to. Um, So it was kind of, I just wanted to be intentional with it. I mean, I didn't want to write a book just bashing all of my exes. But just like you said, it was kind of like if I felt like something would help someone, um, that's kind of the stuff that I included. So I had to be picky with what I chose to include and what I chose not to. Um, But I would say there's a lot of things that I didn't include just because it, it wasn't needed. Well, one thing, I don't know if we spoke about it. I think I had messaged you when you and Bobby had broken up. Um, there's one. Th- so first of all, thank you for going on the show and being a single mother, because I think that gave a lot of mothers out there who are experiencing the same thing and being in the dating world, kind of that hope that they can find love. Um, yeah. And then you had a public breakup. All of your breakups were public, but the one with Bobby, I think none of us saw that coming. I was in shock. I was like, what? They just moved in together. We were all invested in, in, in that story. Is that a, yeah. a relationship that you explore in the book as well? So when I wrote the book was actually, I started writing it before I was even dating him. So he wasn't included. And then once we started dating, I included, you know, at the end, there's parts of our relationship in there, but it was before we broke up. So there's nothing about our breakup in the book. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's so funny because everybody's like, we're so surprised by that breakup. And I was actually super surprised by it too. Um, So yeah, I didn't really have time to edit or include any of that in there. Uh, Amanda, you say in the book that there's a big difference between being a single woman and a single parent. What do you mean by that? A single woman and a single parent? Yeah, you said that Um, in the dating world that there's a difference uh, with you personally being a a single woman and a single parent. uh, And then that you've realized that there's differences in dating between the two. And it it kind of, it was just a line that really struck me. And I was curious uh, if you wanted to expand on it more. Yeah, I mean, what I mean by that, I mean, being a single parent is just kind of how you're you know, raising your kids on your own. And I think being a single woman is something that I've recently, you know, over the past few years tried to be better about because you're still, you know, your own person. You're still just another single woman out there, whether you have kids or not. But there's definitely things that you have to look out for when you're dating when you do have kids. 
So I wouldn't necessarily say it complicates things, but you have to pay attention to certain things more than you would if you didn't have kids. But I just think that there's so many people that, you know, whether you're single or not, once you have kids, you just kind of identify yourself as like a mom and that's all you are. And I think that it's good to still be your own person and, you know, do things for yourself still. Um, in in the book, you have a, a lot dedicated to your time on The Bachelor and both seasons of Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, a lot of it is about your relationship with Josh and your engagement to him. Did you talk to Josh at all or reach out to him before the book came out? Yeah, I mean, we had talked. He knew I was writing a book because I, I was writing the book for over two years. So we've definitely talked in between that time. Um, so he was aware. And yeah, I mean, he had, he had a warrant. He was, he was warned. <laughs> Well, that's good. It's not the first time he's had a book written about him either. So no. like <laughs> it is not. And you address that as well. Uh, yeah. That when you met him on Paradise, uh, the book had just come out from Andy describing her relationship with Josh and some of the red mm-hmm. flags that she had seen from him. Yeah. So the crazy thing is when that book came out, I was getting ready to go on the show and nobody had really read it that was on the season. Actually, nobody read it that was in paradise with me. So I feel like that's why it was hard for me to really listen to what people were saying, because it was kind of just hearsay. No one had actually read the book. And even if people had read it and were warning me, I'm just one of those people. I kind of have to figure things out for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, so. I, I agree. Uh, I, I was I remember being on that season with you and and and. It was, it was weird. It was a weird feeling because it was, you know, I'm good friends with Nick and Nick was there first. And then you guys went on a date and that you talk about on the book. Um, and then Josh came in and I, while reading, uh, I kind of asked myself the same question that you did apparently, which was, would Josh have been as interested in me if I had not gone on the date with Nick? Um, yeah. And that's just, you know, I mean, I don't know, but it's an interesting question. Um, it's like a competitive thing, you know? Totally. Um, yeah. But I, I remember that season and just everybody kind of uh, telling you one thing. But at the same time, you're absolutely right. The only way you figure out things in this world is you have to figure out them on your own. Um, totally. And I, I always say, too, I'm like, I'm sure it was super frustrating to watch because people were like, this girl's such an idiot. She's ignoring what everyone's telling her. But mm-hmm. I wasn't really ignoring everything you know it was like i kept it in the back of my mind like i saw things but i also really liked him so i just had to kind of figure things out for myself yeah and that's like any relationship you only really start seeing the person's true colors once you're outside of it and looking in so i'm the same way i'll date someone and i want to make sure that if it ends it ends because it was on my terms not what other people were saying or trying to convince me um yeah. And another thing that I love, I love following you because A, you have such great style and then your kids are so adorable. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are just as obsessed with your kids as they are with you. What kind of advice would you give to parents listening? Um, well, especially now with like social media and like putting pictures up of your kids. And, you know, there's always going to be people who are, whether it's about you or your kids or whatever, you can post a picture about a, a, a glass with water in it and people are going to say something negative about it. What advice would you give to parents on, I guess, not being so affected or not even just parents, even someone like me, like not being so affected by people's comments on Instagram? I, I feel like, I mean, I go through phases where it's like, I don't really care what people are saying. And then you have your moments or people will say something that you're sensitive about and it kind of gets to you. And I still feel that way sometimes. But yeah, like I recently posted a picture of Charlie and I got a ton of hate for it. But I think it's just kind of preference. And um, 
Like, I obviously know that I protect my kids the best I can, and everyone just views things differently. So I know that all my friends that have kids post a million photos of their kids all day long, um, and no one ever really says anything. But I think it's just because, you know, I have a following that people think that I shouldn't do that. So I guess it's just preference. Like, I'm going to continue to post what I want to post, and people can either like it or they cannot like it. And I just try... A, not to read the comments, and B, to just not let it affect me and to just keep doing me. So I think, like you said, you can post a photo of a glass of water, and I feel like people would hate on it. So I think if you know that, it's easier to just kind of continue to do what you want to do. I agree. I think that's a good mindset to have. And something that you actually talk about in the book is social media and the following that you gain from the show. And it's a really great read. I, I can't recommend it enough because I think it's it's about your time on The Bachelor, which is really fascinating, but it's also about you dating as a, as a single parent and your time through your first marriage and having kids and then thereafter. Um, it's, 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 it's a really good read and you guys can pick it up at anywhere books are sold. It's called Now Accepting Roses, Finding Myself While Searching for the One and Other Lessons That I Learned from The Bachelor by Amanda Stan. Amanda, we'd really love to have you in studio once again. So if you're ever in the LA area, please hit up any three of us and we would love to have you here to talk more about this book. Yes, I would love to. I'll let you guys know next time I'm around. All right. Thank you so much for calling, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight, and honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois, and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois, and my life has never been the same, and I love her so much, and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we, we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And, and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.
At Walmart, there's a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. We encourage you to show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase. Every time we purchase from a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. Some amazing black-owned businesses that are available at Walmart include The Lip Bar, Zach and Zoe Honey, Partake Cookies, the list goes on and on. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Jared, are you a Flintstones fan? Yabba dabba doo. Well, <laughs> look at what they sent over. Holy Cereal, crap. milk, they are on MeTV every night starting today, the Flintstones. Now, are you more of a chocolate Flintstone cereal Ooh, guy Cocoa or the, Pebbles, the, the Pebbles, Pebbles one? I go Cocoa Pebbles on that one personally. Oh, I'm all for the Cocoa Pebbles. If I can have chocolate early in the morning and have an excuse to do it, I'm in, baby. Sign me up. 6 and 6.30 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on MeTV. The Flintstones starts tonight. Well, welcome back. But before we end the podcast this week, Mark had a Cosmopolitan article that you wanted to read to us about what again? I love my Cosmo, first of all. You know Ashley writes <laughs> for Cosmo for Bachelor Recap. Oh, how nice. Yeah. Look at that. Shameless plug all right there. All part of the Cosmo family. Oh, we love Cosmo over here. I mean, what's not to love? Cosmo um, Kramer's my favorite, but Cosmo the magazine's <laughs> a close second. But also, as a guy, there's a lot to be gleaned from Cosmopolitan magazine. You oh, look yeah. at that cover, there's at least four articles, and you're be like, I would like to read that article. Oh, I've bought Cosmo before. I'm not Because I forget what the headline was, but it was like, 11 ways to make her go crazy in bed. <laughs> I was like, I'll take this. Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, well, what they're talking about is the dating term zombieing. Are we familiar with zombieing? Yes and no. What is zombieing? Well, what do you think it is? Just based on the name, what do you think it is? Um, I guess someone who. <laughs> okay, Bueller. I have no idea. Uh, right. Well, also, I'd like to say it's very timely. This, this, this oh, word, yes. this we're us doing zombieing. Spooky time October, of year. October, Halloween. Oh. Tell us, Mark. Tell the people what zombieing is. Cosmo says, "Beware of the zombie who ghosts you, and then, after some time has passed, rises from the dead and hits Oof. you up again. Oh. This can come in the form of a text, a DM, a phone call, or simply matching on another dating app." Can I read it from the Urban Dictionary? Please. I've, I'm a big fan of UrbanDictionary.com. So zombieing related to dating, a person who cuts off all contact, but then repeatedly comes back after long absences. <laughs> Different from someone who ghosts and never returns, a zombie pops up and says hi every few months. <laughs> to use it in a sentence, we went out for three months and then I never heard from her again. Two months later, she texts me as if nothing happened. I think she's zombieing me. <laughs> Wait, why are they insinuating it's a girl that would do that? I don't know. Girl, my head guy. went to a guy. I, my head immediately oh, went to a guy, too, which, right? maybe, which is why Urban Dictionary said it was a girl. Throw you off, mm-hmm. you know? Throw you off the so scent. So wait, is it someone that shows you attention, then ghosts you, and then comes back, like, yes. plays peekaboo with you? It's a ghost rising from the dead. First of uh. all, why is this not called peekaboo? That's fantastic, <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> I got peekabooed. 
<laughs> I think he's peekabooing me. <laughs> Wait, has anyone experienced this yet? Um, oh, yes. Are you kidding me? This is before, yeah, before The Bachelor. I definitely think, uh, yeah. I definitely think this Lots is more guys. guys than girls. Vanessa, what was your story? Uh, there's no specific story. It's exactly that. Where Don't you a guy, lie to us. Uh, shows like, you, even actually, that's not true. Even after the show. I was talking to someone, and then all of a sudden, they ghosted me out of nowhere, and I was like, what the f*** did I do? And then, obviously, becomes a, did I do something? Did I did I insult them? Was I too needy? Was I too this? Whatever. And then, you know, I guess uh, the next best thing was boring to them, and then they come back, and they reappear in your life again. So many times. Not so many times, but enough times to be like, yeah, I've been zombied more than once. So it could be years between the ghost and the yeah. zombie. Oh, totally. Yep. Wow. But can, can it only be called zombieing if you take that person back? Because then they're like back to life a little bit. Or is zombieing just if they come back in? I think if they come back in because yeah, they're, they're just, showing life. Right. Mm. They're back from the dead. Because once they ghost you, they're dead. They're a ghost. Bye-bye. They're in the afterlife. But if they bye start bye. showing you attention, uh, bye bye. if they start showing you attention again, then they're brought back to life, which makes them a zombie. Mm. That's what I think of it. Even if it's a little attention. I'm trying to think of personal examples. There is one that comes to mind, but it's like very, very ingrained in my heart. So I don't know if I really want to share it because it's somebody that mean, has meant a lot to me in my past uh, that this kind of falls in line with. And it has to do a little bit with the show. Um, but then I'm trying to think of my own experience because wait, listen, I I'm know. a guy. Maybe I'll, I'll share it at one point, maybe. Um, <laughs> okay, but listen, now? I, okay, now. As being a guy, you know, sometimes you show somebody attention who's attractive and you're thinking, is this going to go anywhere? Probably not, but let's have some fun. Now, I've never ghosted anybody. I don't think. I don't think I've ghosted. But... You know, I have oh ended things, and then maybe, mm. you know, like a month or two down the line, not a you up text, but like a, <laughs> hey, what's going on? How's things? What are you up to? It's a loneliness <laughs> thing, right? It's like, uh, that, I know. that maybe was an okay situation that I'm not in anymore. I know. So I can't say that I've ever ghosted anybody and then zombied them, but I have ended things and then been that guy who's like hey what's going on because it is a loneliness and boredom it's so bad it's so bad that's one of the things on my birthday i'm going to say i'm ashamed of that i have done that <laughs> anybody want to chime in there's got to be a name this? for that in dating terms they got the ex-boyfriend who shows up out of the blue well, like, hey, i wouldn't say up? i'm a boyfriend but like i've gone on dates Called with people whiplash. yeah whiplash yeah that's like that's whiplash what's whiplash when the ex shows back up it's like whoa Ugh, that's After my worst nightmare. You. you know what I mean, Vanessa? That's whiplash. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I already guess. did this. I've already it healed, is. and now you're back, and it's freaking Because it's a whiplash. gear change. Yeah. It's like you're dropping your transmission now because you're cruising along. You're finally right. getting over that person, and then wham, there they are again. <sighs> I'm trying to find Wait, the is urban this dictionary whiplash here. The, like, if I'm dating someone, and then their ex shows up, or is it oh, when my no, ex shows your up? Ex. That oh. It's your ex, right? If there's so what, definitely another term, if you one of your friend's ex comes after you, that's no, just like... No, what if I'm dating, so I'm dating Josh, and his ex shows up. What's that? I think that would be whip, a whiplash towards Josh, because he's like, whoa, my ex is back. Not that Josh talks like that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm doing it for dramatic effect. He's definitely not a surfer. Um, but I think zombieing... Yeah, I, zombieing, I, I don't know. I'm sure somebody would accuse me of zombieing. I wish Dean was here. He's definitely zombied. He is a living oh. zombie. <laughs> he 
I have zero doubts about that. <laughs> that he's not is here really to defend true. himself. No, I know, but I love it. Um, yeah. What do we think about zombie? Um, don't do it, guys. Yeah, don't do it. You as, shouldn't have ghosted in the first but... place. Yeah, if for for the definition of this, if you've ghosted, let it die. Mm-hmm. Just let it die. Don't yeah. be that guy to come back. Mm-hmm. So Just do you have on. to ghost to be a sea. zombie? Yes, I think so. Oh, okay, so I've never. So then, technically, I've never zombied anyone. Have you ghosted anybody, Vanessa? I haven't ghosted anyone, but I guess I've done like the peekaboo. I've peekabooed. <laughs> Can we I mean, describe I, what a peekaboo, peekaboo is like again? I've, I've left. I, you know, like kind of didn't show interest, but then was like, ah. Uh, I need some attention. Let me go back to this person and get some attention. So yeah, I peekabooed, I've... but I, I never ghosted them, so I never zombied. All right, so yeah, you and I are peekabooers. We're not zombies. <laughs> we got to find out if Dean is a zombie or if he's a peekabooer. Uh, all of the above. <laughs> uh, we just coined that term. I really enjoy it. We I should... hope it takes off. Yeah, this is like the next catfish. We should really take ownership of this. Promote <laughs> it, post yep. it. I enjoy it. Jared, are you a Flintstones fan? Yabba dabba doo. Well, <laughs> look at what they sent over. Holy Cereal, crap. milk. They are on MeTV every night starting today. The Flintstones. Now, are you more of a chocolate Flintstone cereal Ooh, guy? Cocoa or the, Pebbles. The, the Pebbles, Pebbles. ones. I go Cocoa Pebbles on that one personally. Oh, I'm all for the Cocoa Pebbles. If I can have chocolate early in the morning and have an excuse to do it, I'm in, baby. Sign me up. 6 and 6.30 p.m. Eastern and Pacific on MeTV. The Flintstones starts tonight. All right, well, that will do it with our episode this week of Help, I Suck at Dating. Tori, Mark, thank you very much for joining us. As always, it's your job. You get paid to do it, so I guess I really shouldn't thank you all that much. <laughs> Vanessa, thank you so much, as always. Again, your job, but just wanted to say thank you. Uh, it's my job to be here, so nobody thank me. Uh, Dean, will be back next week. Uh, we have some very awesome guests coming up, including Rosalind Sanchez and her husband, uh, and they talk about their new podcast coming up. They have uh, a lot in the in the works, and they're very fascinating people. So make sure you tune in next week. Uh, other than that, thank you so much to Patty Stanger for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, all of our sponsors. Uh, thank you so much for Amanda Stanton stopping by, talking about her new book, Now Accepting Roses, Finding Myself While Searching for the One and Other Lessons I Learned from The Bachelor, which you can buy anywhere you buy books You guys are the best. Thank you so much for listening, because without you guys, we wouldn't have a podcast. So you really, really are the backbone of this podcast. Um, And definitely follow us on Instagram. I'm running that account, and I put a lot of work into it. I find it's doing pretty well. We're gaining followers, people. We're We're doing a good job. Our engagement's growing. Things are looking up. So definitely follow us. We are obviously at Help I Suck at Dating. And you can also join the Facebook group. Again, Help I Suck at Dating podcast Facebook group. And make sure you join us next week where hopefully we all suck a little less. Follow Help I Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. 
It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.